Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi and welcome to the Nile or Nine podcast. You are listening to a podcast all about new music with myself, Nile or Nine, and Andrea Cleary. Hi, Nile. How hey, are you? How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. tired. Good. So I went to this... a hen party at the weekend, so Ooh, I'm tired. <laughs> hen party, know, tired. <laughs> sunny Brighton, and it was fabulous. Yeah. Sunny Brighton. It was Brighton. Wow, what, it was what, gorgeous. We really, truly are getting back to normal, aren't we? I know, yeah, it was my first time away. Um, I was very brave on the plane. Uh, everyone, nobody could believe how brave I was on the plane. <laughs> um, Brighton, full of little, little, small poodles, D- loads of poodles. Didn't know where that was I, going. Because all the, <laughs> because all all the apartments kind of have to be small because it's a small um, uh, town, city. I'm not quite sure. Um, uh, so loads of little small dogs. It was gorgeous. Yeah. It was like a little dog parade. I sat on the Strand Beach uh, place here. <laughs> Finding the words for things. Uh, I don't you know. know. It's, metric, it's like, is, imperial. Is it a city? Yeah. How, how many miles or kilometers was it away? Well, I sat on the seaside in the seaside town and it was like a dog parade. It was absolutely, yeah, it was marvelous. Really enjoyed it. Great. Yeah, it is a good place. Mm. I've been there for the Great Escape Festival before. Uh, mm. A couple of times, I believe. Um, yeah, very very nice place to live and uh, lovely like people to be beside the seaside. Um, As do I. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, I have been uh, I've been going to gigs again, which I will you fill have. you in on later on. I think we'll, we'll keep that for for a little later on. Um, yeah. But for this episode, we're going to be back. This is the third time we're going to be discussing uh, this band in particular. They are Fontaine's DC, Fontaine's Dublin City. And uh, they have just released their third album, Skinty Fia. They're basically waiting, wasting no time in which to follow up uh, their second album, which was uh, Hero's Death, released in July 2020. I mean, the pandemic or not, this band, they're flying through the releases. You know what I mean? They really are. 
Um, mm. So it's interesting to see how quickly this is. Uh, it, the clip in which they started to release these albums, they have now released their third album. It is called Skinty Fia. And that is what we're going to discuss on this week's podcast. Baby, If you've heard our reviews of the Fontaines and DC's albums before, and uh, we had Luke Sharkey on before talking about For the was that second album. Dead? Yeah. And then who who was on was with Dog Dogrill was Pillow Queens. Pillow Queens did. Yeah, they were yeah. they were on chatting to us about the album as well. Yeah, yeah, so um I mean it's it's no spoiler to say, Andrea, that you're not the biggest Fontaine's DVC fan, are you? No, I'm not. I'm 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 definitely not their biggest fan. Um I I remember when Doggirl came out and I was quite resistant to I don't want to say the hype because that's not what was bothering me. I guess I just it it, it just didn't land well with me, the the sound of their music and particularly the Dublin that they were presenting in their music that seemed to be applauded kind of both at home and abroad as being um, quite accurate and apt and modern and concerned with what Dublin is today. I just didn't actually get the sense that that was the Dublin that I was experiencing, but I've, I've made my peace with that, with that idea. Mm. And um, since reviewing that album all those years ago, 2019, I believe I've, I've kind of not reappraised it, but I can understand the vision a bit better. A hero's death landed with me much, much better. I liked, um, I liked the, the the change in their tone, and I was much more receptive to that second album and the third one uh, we will discuss today. But yeah, I haven't always been the biggest fan of theirs. I have, you know, eye rolled privately and publicly, more privately than publicly because I do think it's getting a bit old at this stage. At yeah. the um, the the constant kind of. Uh, Irishness that they as a band in interviews or even their photo shoots and that kind of thing that they tend to present. And I know that a lot of that is on the the publications, especially publications in, in the UK and, and in the US, kind of hyping up that idea of the Irishness. But I still find myself quite resistant to um, just throwing in a Yates quote or, or whatever it might be um, to signify uh, Irishness of 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 some kind without yeah, actually it's something that people project like onto them. I think a lot more than well. Sometimes they have been guilty of it. Yeah, past, I think I think it's a give and take, and I don't blame the band for um because if it's if it's this kind of Irishness, this modern Irishness that is very aware of its past and roots and very politically minded and proud of its um of its literary heritage, I much prefer that um that sense of Irishness being projected from this band to the wider world than other much more problematic um, kinds of Irishness. Sorry, I've said Irishness. Drink every time I say Irishness <laughs> <laughs> Throw, well, throughout I mean, this podcast, actually. But but you know what I mean? It's 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 not it's not the worst thing they could do in the world. But to me, it just always felt um, maybe a bit easy. Hmm. Mm. Well, there's a lot of uh, ex- explorations of Irishness on this new album, Skinty Fiat, which I'm sure we get into. But I do think there are, yeah. You know, it's more top line than it is uh, micro, more um, 
you know, searing and questioning that it is uh, romantic. So, uh, well, so, okay. So what have they been up to since we last saw them uh, or last uh, talked about them on A Hero's Dead? Uh, obviously, there hasn't been many gigs, but they have done a few since they're back on tour. Now, I think everyone was kind of surprised how quickly this came back around again from A Hero's Dead. We're talking about July 2020, an album that they wrote on tour uh, a lot of the time and a, a lot of the preoccupations of that album uh, do seem to be to come from the time they spent abroad and and on tour um since then i guess the main thing that's there's a lot of top line stuff that has happened for them you know they've got nominations at the brits like the best international group uh, best rock album uh, at the grammys which allows to your boys mm. uh, the strokes and um, they were nominated for a best album for an ivor novello award uh, enemy has anointed them the best band in the world earlier this year and around that time that was kind of when they were talking about the album was done and actually la- this time last year actually they were talking about the album like pretty much the album being done uh, mm. sorry it was the brit awards wasn't it maybe the brit awards uh, very quickly after the second album came out that they were talking about that another one was on the way mm. so there's really no let up here and I think that was the same between the first and the second album, right? There was only yeah, a year it was twenty nine. It was a year, just over a year before yeah. uh, the second one came out. So yeah. from Doggirl to Heroes Dead is um, April to April twenty nineteen, I think, to July twenty twenty. Mm. So here again we have April twenty twenty two. So a bit longer, but still, uh, in yeah. terms of what's happened in the last couple of years, you didn't have a lot of touring going on, and um, obviously. The band have uh, moved to London and uh, this is something that has been taken up in both their music and a lot of the writing about them since. I know the Pitchfork review of this album, Skinty Fia, uh, talks about how they could be called uh, Fontaine's LDN, which is kind of funny as well. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I think there is something at play here at Skinty Fia. The, the, The setup essentially is, you know, rather than the ham fisted stuff that we heard a few months ago about you know, the uh, microaggressions that you, an Irish person in England experiences or whatever the real or imagined um, things that happened in mm. the Bono style, walking down uh, <laughs> walking down the road, getting uh, hit by an orangeman. Um, there are things... Bono was in the war. Bono Which war? You know, the... the war in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, in Clontarf. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot about this album which is, uh, is preoccupied with um, something that Irish people are very aware of, and that's the idea of yearning to become home. People who... Mm. The Irish people are very much used to going abroad to find a new living, to going abroad to finding a new life. Um, while the Fontaines moved to London for their career, there's certainly an element of that as well, because there's a lot of talk about it. I think when there's distance, distance makes the heart grow fonder uh, into mm-hmm. the place where you grew up. But it also allows you to see things in a different way to how it is when you're actually there so mm. i think there's a lot of explorations of that um here in, I, with green I, I think it's lyrics. especially the, the kind of distance that you get when you are a person who emigrates from ireland to the, the anywhere in the uk but like L- london england in, in in particular it's there's a there's a wealth of um poems and stories and uh songs that have been written about mm. kind of irish diasporic um communities in london um and while this band obviously didn't emigrate for um economic reasons um which would have been kind of more common in the past it's still 
it's still an interesting perspective, I think, to to have, because as you said, you know, distance or absence makes the heart grow fonder, but it also in some ways allows for a sense of um, a, a perceived sense of objectivity about the land that you come from and and mm. uh, and how you kind of battle with what the expectations are in your new country, wherever that might be, um, what what the expectations are of you as an Irish person there and how much you want to or feel that you have to educate um, other people about Irish history. Um, again, in particular, uh, English and Irish uh, conflict. And it's it, that all of that is is um, is ripe for ex- exploration, and they do they do touch on a lot of it. I think on this on this record. Yeah, Green Chatton told Rolling Stone that the inspiration for the album was largely informed and influenced by Irishness existing in England and mutating and becoming a new kind of culture in general. Mm-hmm. Um, Connor Deegan, the bass player, told Mojo that uh, Skitty Fia is uh, considered they well maybe they consider uh, the final part of an album trilogy. I always dreamed as a teenager of making three great albums like Nirvana had. That was my ambition. So now that we've done that, I don't really mind what we do. Um, <laughs> he went on to say, uh, when we, we thought we, in an interview with NME separately, uh, Deegan also said, we thought we got the sound that was finally the sound that we wanted to get across to so- on the songs, which we thought was quite poppy. However, upon showing the demos to the band's manager, he said, lads, this is the darkest shit you've ever written. And I think there is definitely some of that at play here. Um, Chatting himself to Rolling Stone said the album sounds like a mutation and doom and inevitability and all these things that I felt were congruous to my idea of Irishness abroad. Like if you go to Boston, that expression of Irishness, um, that's skinty fear to me. That's that's that mutation. That's that new thing. Mm. It's not unlicensed and it's not impure. Just because it's diaspora, it's still pure. It's just a completely new beast. So yeah, if you don't know, skinty fear is uh, an Irish phrase that um, I think the drummer Tom Cole's uh, family had used, uh, which translates as the damnation of a deer. It's kind of a term, a colloquial term that would be used to, you know, it's kind of like saying it's, damn, but in a, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like a, a curse word, or as an Amer- Americans would say, like a cuss word. Like it's not quite, you know, a four letter word, but it's it's like oh damn or. Yeah. Gosh darn it. <laughs> Whatever it is. Yeah. You know, and obviously, you know, a deer is a, a the Irish giant deer is, ex, is an extinct species. Maybe there's something about that. It appears on the cover. Uh talks about, you know, maybe that speaks to the Irish identity and the loss or sh- shifting of it. Um so I think that's it. Um mm. you know, for, this is a band who are called Fontaine's Dublin City and here mm. we are talking about a band who now don't live there anymore and i think that's is an interesting thing uh, and it's that makes that sense it, to me as the as the end of a uh, as the end of a trilogy like we had the the, the dog roll kind of came out as this big expression of what it is to live um and make music and work in in dublin city um a hero's death you know the band had left but but not not truly you know their home was still in ireland but they it, it was a, a an album about experiencing life on the road or life slightly away from Ireland and now the band have left um so it makes sense to me as as the end of a trilogy in uh in theory and in um in topic mm. less so in the music I think yeah I think as well the drummer uh Tom Call did release a compilation of Irish trad last year mm-hmm. again speaking to maybe some of those ideas um of you know living abroad and you know kind of thinking about 
what it is to be Irish and all that kind of stuff now. Um, that is an, it is an interesting compilation. I think it's a, a nice thing that he was mm. able to do. Uh, has tunes from Clangsty, Botty Band, Emer Mayock, um, that kind of stuff on it. Mostly old stuff. Lisa O'Neill and the Dubliner is also on it. Uh, Ye Vagabonds and Dervish and Eve Irvine and Paul Brady. Yeah, I think there is particularly a London version of living, of being an Irish person uh, living abroad. Mm. And I think, well, I mean, you get an opening track here, which speaks to the push and pull of what it is to be Irish in England in particular. And yeah, In Our Creed, Good Joe is a song which translates to In Our Hearts Forever. It, that comes from, uh, you may remember, a lot of people would remember it at the time. Uh, there was a, a a woman called Margaret Keane who died in Coventry um, and uh, um, her daughter, Caroline Newey, wanted to get her headstone uh, inscripted with the, that term in our Kriya Joe, which means in our hearts forever. Uh, it, it's for some reason went to court and uh, a judge said, not understanding both the beauty of that uh, phrase and the uh, intention of it. Uh, it says, given the passions and feelings connected with the use of Irish Gaelic, there is a risk the phrase would be regarded as a slogan or political statement. So that I think that's a great setup for a song, and it's a great setup for. So do I. Yeah, for for an album that uh, purports to speak about Irishness in England and what that mm. means is such. It does speak to that uncomfortable, often one sided relationship we have uh, as Irish people with our neighbours, who we know everything about them. We consume all our culture. Obviously, we know everything. We get the same news. We get a lot of the same. Uh, sources we understand we listen the to the culture. same bands yeah like we you know yeah yeah but it doesn't go both ways they are largely ignorant maybe feel like a strong word but like you know it's not as easy for them to figure out a lot of times and then you know you see the historical uh, understanding of what the british empire did to ireland comes up time and time again in media and otherwise hence the term the brits are at it again all that kind of stuff you know, that leads into all of this stuff. So, yeah, the headstone was actually eventually allowed by the Church of England in an appeal. Um, but in the meantime, the band had written a song about it. And I think, like we said, I do think it is a good um, mining of real life for mm. source material but, for a song. So my my question to you, Niall, is because um, this is how I feel about the song. And I wonder if you agree. I think the source material is very good. I think it's a very um, it's an interesting example of the kind of anti-Irish sentiment, to use a very loaded phrase, um, that the band have been speaking about in interviews that is modern as well. Um, I mean, mm. this happened in the, in the last 10 years, I think. Um, Not that so, long ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it was like tw- 2018, maybe. So I think it's an excellent topic for the song. I'm wondering if you think that the song pulls it off and does it justice. Um, in terms of the topic, I don't know. I do think you obviously have to know about the story itself to know why, uh, what the intention is. And uh, mm. but like, you're not going to see a lot of titles, song titles in Irish, uh, directly referencing those kind of things. And uh, so I do think it yeah it sets it up as this haunting opening, that sets the scene for a further exploration of Irishness. And I do think it's in a concept, it does work quite well for me. Um, mm. song wise it is it's a bit of a I think it does speak to the problems of the album at large because it gets quite dirgy it gets quite long it gets quite repetitive um, mm. and maybe that's the point 
I don't know what that point brings to the sentiment. Yeah, so this this is a problem I have with it. I think it's a great subject to explore and it fits in well with what I think they intend the message of the album to be. But I find that the lyrics are so, as in the the, the spoken English lyrics, are so kind of wrapped up in analogy and symbolism that it doesn't really offer any avenues to explore or understand what exactly is being said here, except that this is a thing that happened. Like they're drawing attention to this as a topic and as a, as, as something that's happened in recent years, but I don't actually get a sense of what the band are trying to say about that story or, or how it relates to really relate to. No, no. And it does, it doesn't tell me like what, what they're, perspective or their role in this story is as storytellers it uh, it also doesn't really tell the story either so i i get a bit lost in this song i do really really like the um the opening vocals the the vocals that are sung in irish um i think that's really nice i don't think it's done i it's not done as well as um other like bands like lancome have kind of fused different um different genres and use kind of you know um the irish language or irish folk style singing um i don't i don't think it's done as well as that but i do like that a lot but that is part of the problem i have with this album and you're right it is kind of summed up in this first song which is a shame um where it feels like they're saying something that happens but they're not offering any perspective on it that either we as Irish people already understand implicitly or kind of leaning into contextualizing it within their own experiences. It's just, it's more kind of just pointing at a thing and saying that it's bad or pointing at a thing and saying that it happened. Mm. I, I do think the song I love you does a bit better. Um, yeah. On this I front. think that's, uh, yeah. Of the 10 tracks think, here, I love you is uh, one of the yeah. pre-release singles and also, one of the clear standouts on the album. Um, yeah, so it, that that album has lyrics that kind of draw attention to um, male suicide and mother and baby homes in the same breath as the band saying, I love you to their country, to Ireland. And I I like that sort of clash of allegiances. That I, I, mm. I find that really interesting. Like how, how can we be proud of our country in the face of us emigrating or while traveling abroad or being sort of representatives of our country abroad as as everybody is when they leave their own country um while also recognizing and feeling the obligation i suppose to um to educate people about the atrocities that that have happened to us but also that we as a country have committed and continue to commit so i th- i think it's the most immediate that chatting sounds on the record as well like i like yeah. I, I i like that he gets it, i i can actually i can feel actual emotion from him in it where i don't really feel from the rest of the i record. think if you contrast the song and, i love you with a few others um you could mm. definitely say there's a sense of you know um it's the that i love you is the howl made whole it's like it's Mm. properly giving you uh, information it's giving you feeling it's giving you the sentiment Mm. it's a lament and it's the only song on the record that i think the drudginess works uh Mm. for me because i think it it does give this kind of claustrophobic sense of being in a room full of people and trying who who kind of who want to talk to him about ireland and being irish but but not like that, you know, like, no, yeah. don't don't tell us about the bad things. Tell us about 
the good things or, or, or whatever it is. And I think that that dynamic of performing Irishness and feeling like you need to tell people about the atrocities, but while also saying this is still my country and my country still has amazing things in it, even though we have a Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael coalition government and the housing crisis. And it, it, it's a lot to take in. Um, but I was really grateful actually for the lyrics on this because I didn't, because, because I found things to actually think about in this song, um, as opposed to some other songs where I just kind of felt like they were doing that thing of just sounding poetic without actually evoking anything in me um that that would be kind of closer to to poetry i think this is a dynamic the dynamic within this song that i would have liked to her to have heard explore more or el- or better um elsewhere on the album And I'm not saying this song moved me or or or, or anything like that, but I just think it's it, in terms of the. If it did, it's okay to admit it. It didn't. <laughs> no, I I actually I I was I was unmoved by all the songs on uh, on this record, and that's okay. I mean, I, I I can come to it with with a kind of an objectivity or try to put myself in the in the shoes of of people who are fans of the band. Um, that's it's it's my job to do that, but I personally um have yet to be moved by anything on this on this particular record um i found myself a lot closer to feeling connected to this band on their last album um actually can we talk about bloomsday because i think that's a that's another sort of um that's another yeah, song I think that i think was good... trying to sorry go ahead sorry that's a good contrast from where they've been uh, where they came from and where they are now. Mm. On Bloomsdale, Green Chatton sings, uh, the song was about, he says, uh, uh, Dublin, he's talking, he's basically in Dublin, hanging around, looking for things to do, saying, uh, there's always fucking rain and it's always dark, which is a bit, a bit of a contrast to Dublin in the rain is mine. It kind of shatters that romanticism of the early days of like, yeah, I yeah. can do whatever I want. Uh, it goes on to really, I mean, it underscores that with the really like, dirty rhythm. It's atmosphere over energy. It's one of the songs that I don't really enjoy listening yeah. to. And maybe that's the point. But, you know, I mean, here, I guess with the Fontaines, um, this album is getting such rave reviews that I've read. And I was like, I don't hear what everyone else is hearing. And that's OK. Mm. But it doesn't have to be that. I think like we were talking on the Discord earlier today with some of the members there about um, the idea, maybe that, you know, how I, I suggested maybe the Fontaines have found their classic rock audience which is largely an older male white male audience who mm. are okay with this kind of stuff like i think it's just the contrast between uh, that well to I'd be fair be i think by, by older probably like you know over 30s or like yeah, I, yeah, I, I think there's yeah. still um 
I just say, and by by contrast of some artists, it's always interesting. The things that we've missed in the last couple of years is the context of the people who are going to see those bands. So Mitski on Monday, we heard that it was a very young crowd. It was mm. quite a, a young crowd who were there to young queer almost, crowd, same yeah, with Lucy who were there to almost yeah, worship her, and that's and to see somebody that they really connect with. Where I'm interested to see now, I, I must go see them soon because now it, it's possible, and um, to see what kind of the crowd is like here at Fontaine's gigs, and and where that um, flies because these are young people who are talking about big topics a lot of the time, and they've moved so quickly from Dublin in the rain is mine to there's always fucking rain and it's always dark. Mm. Um, yeah, I and, think I, I think the breakdown of Fontaine's D, DC fans started out being largely male and remains largely male um and there's you know, it's obviously nothing wrong with that the, the 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 band have no uh no obligation to you know pander to anybody but i do i do find it interesting because they are the greatest irish band ever they're the you know i i i, I think um I think one of the phrases we used the last time when we had Luke on the podcast to review the second album with us was that um, everybody was kind of acting like they were the second coming of Christ or they were the second coming of of guitar music. And we know now, I think, largely that they're not. I think I, I think even, you know, even their kind of me- medium level fans would admit that maybe the hype was a lot it, 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 because it was it was it was it was a kind of an outrageous um, level of hype around them from uh, at both at home and uh, and abroad but i find the the breakdown of their fans quite interesting because i i know a lot of men who are my age who are older who are younger who do really really like this band and find something within the within their lyrics and within kind of the maybe, maybe their influences maybe fontaine cc are you know um drawing influence from bands that they liked and may and, and there is i think a sense of um of of masculinity about them um like in like chatton's vocals are very kind of you know they're often quite growly um not not in like a heavy metal sense but just sort of this um this repetition and this yeah, rhythmic they're quite blunt. And, yeah it's 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 a sense of i i what what I can gather, it's a sense of kind of like primal emotion, primal mm. masculine emotion. And I think there's absolutely room for that. Um, but I don't see this band um, uh, kind of looking into that very much. Like mm. they they reference things like male suicide and they reference mental health and things like that. But I don't see them unpacking their kind of very masculine um they're very masculine uh, image, I suppose, and sound. Um, I mean, are you very asking often. too much of that of them in doing that? Then? I don't know. I don't know if I am. I was thinking about this today, and I was like, I don't know if every male musician needs to unpack these things. But I think if you're, mm, if 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 you are being touted um, as a, re- a representative of a country. Um, I think may, I, I think it would be more interesting if they did. Um, mm, I think yeah. I think it's easy to talk about masculinity um, in broad strokes when you're a man, especially if, if you're writing about or if you're writing music. I think it's easy to point to the things that are issues like mental health and suicide and toxic masculinity. But I just 
like like that first song it's that it's more that they're just pointing to these things and telling us that they exist as opposed to I think to, I know what you mean yeah is, so is, it's it, like we we it, it, isn't it like so much are... more interesting to hear to hear a man like unpack what what this means to him and how it's impacted yeah. his life I I just think that that would be a really interesting route for them to go lyrically and they do touch on it from 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 time to time but yeah I don't know it's, um, yeah. For the record, I think this album has uh, five good songs on it, five good to great songs on it, and then four okay. not great songs, and then one okay song. Do you think there's any, any great songs on it? Uh, I think Love You is the best one on it. I don't know how great it is, um, because mm. even going back to A Hero's Dead, I think time gave me a bit more perspective on that one. I think uh, I don't feel too radically different from it, but I do feel maybe more positive about it. Uh, yeah. Than maybe the review. I don't know. I haven't listened back to a review, but I remember at the time when it came out, I would go back to songs like A Hero's Death a bit more. Mm. Um, where here, there's just an oppressive, dank atmosphere that's not going to bring me back in an awful lot. Mm. I do feel like, um, yeah, why they might have grown some of the uh, caricatures that were on Dog Rule um, and things that could have been uh, talked about it's a wider kind of issues that they're talking about here. Yeah. But well, yeah, that's my issue with, Blo- with Bloomsday, macro. because I think that Bloomsday to me kind of shows that they haven't quite outgrown um, those lyrical crutches um, these signifiers of, of, of Ireland. I mean, that song, like most of the others just evolved into this repetition, which is, which is across the record and which I find really uninteresting mm. it, it, it can be done really well pillow queens used a lot of repetition on their last album which i wrote about my review of uh, of that record which i found really hypnotizing and affirmative and an- anthemic but there's nothing here that has that kind of anthemic punch because it's so drudgy and bloomsday yeah, i don't think it kind of does that strengths. as well I think no, the repetition no. doesn't play to their strengths. I think no, it, at, it it doesn't really drive any point home because I think the largely the problem is with the lyrics and the band say that Bloomsday is uh, this you know this goodbye to Dublin um, that they didn't even realize was a goodbye when they were writing it, but I don't really hear anything in it about the pain of leaving home and I actually think that the the evocation of Joyce's novel is here really unearned um i don't think they 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 unpack what 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 that novel is trying to do or that novel's place in irish culture and how or or james joyce as a as an emigrant i i just don't see like are 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 they are they drawing that parallel because that's an interesting parallel to draw i don't i don't don't see evidence that comparison comes other than the fact that you know they're always talking about Joyce and or they're mm. always being compared to Joyce. And maybe yeah, and I I don't think that's an interesting that enough kind of reason. Yeah, that's not an interesting enough reason to write a song them, called Bloomsday. I do think, in fairness to them, you know, I do think it does can capture that saying goodbye to them without realizing, like going back, because it's always rain. You're like, this is a miserable place. Um, like maybe you were looking forward to it. like that's not. It's 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 subtext that's not in the song. Maybe that you've you've kind of gone back to your place of birth, your hometown or whatever it is, your place that you love, because like some of the band aren't actually from Dublin. But, um, you know, we won't looking for a thing. No doers done. You, we won't find it here. And um, we love drinking with the tourists and fighting and running them. 
you know, there's those kind of lines, I think you could say, that do speak to that a bit more. And I think, uh, but overall, look, I mean, not just to say the Bloomsday thing, I don't know where the Bloomsday thing comes from unless it was written around that time or if it, it doesn't speak to anything to do with, that I'm aware of, to Ulysses or anything like that or Leopold mm. Bloom. No, um, no, I don't. I, I, sorry, I, I, I don't mean that I need a song called Bloomsday to kind of talk about the the issues or, or the themes of, of, of Ulysses at all, even though every issue and theme is in that book because it's the best novel ever written. But I, I'm in, I, 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 I think what they were getting at was the idea was this kind of contrasting nature of Dublin in reality and Dublin, you know, on, on Bloomsday as it were, where we're all celebrating Mm. and it's, it's kind of, you know, it's it's another St. Patrick's Day in Ireland that isn't celebrated across the world. It's only ours, and we're incredibly proud of of Joyce and his novel. And Joyce had had an extremely um, tenuous and and difficult relationship with Ireland himself. Um, that I, I I just think those parallels are there, and I just don't think they draw on them. Like it's 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 a bit too obvious to have the verses talk about how Dublin is overrun by tourists now and, you know, it's always rain and we don't like it here. And, and that's all fine to say, but then to kind of contrast that with the, with, with the repetition in the chorus of just Bloomsday, Bloomsday, Bloomsday. I, I, I like that idea as a structure of a song, but when you put it all together, it just, it feels unearned. It feels undercooked. And uh, honestly, the, the repetition just feels a bit pedestrian to me. And I want to like a song that deals with all those issues because I think the issues are there. I just don't think lyrically um, it's up to scratch. Yeah. Actually, I think there's a yeah. couple of other songs uh, on the album that would be on similar lines. Number two mm. and three, Big Shot and How Cold Love Is. I don't think there's a lot going on in these songs. Um, Big Shot kind of reminds me of Whipping Boy. It has a bit of a kind of 90s pub rock kind of feel. Not in a bad way. I just mean like the spirit of that time, it kind of feels like. And I think when they're at their best here, it's when they're really letting loose. And yeah, you can sound like the Stone Roses on I Love You or whatever, mm. or, you know, the Manic Street Preachers on Jackie Down the Line, that kind of Manic Street Preachers, uh, Holy Bible era. When I think when it doesn't work is is songs like that. And I think maybe it's the repetition there yeah. that really don't really, doesn't really work. Big Shot doesn't have anything to say. It doesn't seem... It's, yeah. you know, uh, it's very repetitious. It's, it doesn't give you an awful lot. Um, well, I just want to just finish on this, uh, how cold love is like, there's that line in it. Um, so cold and you're just like, <sighs> I don't, I'm mm. not really feeling any insight. I'm not really feeling any musical, um, interest here on those songs yeah. in particular. And I think those, when they when they come after in our created Gujo, it really does set up an album to be a fairly um, unwelcoming experience. It's not something that you really mm. want to. You're already don't feel welcome. You're like the atmosphere is oppressive. It's a bit dank. It's mm. not an easy album. To and also, as Irish from. people, we 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 don't feel or sorry, I as an Irish person, I don't feel in on it either. Like I don't I don't mind things you know uh, talking about or dealing with our complicated. Uh, relationship with with our own country um i'm I, i'm an irish woman i understand the feeling of having a complicated relationship with our country and our church and and, and all of these things but it, i just i just don't feel like 
like I'm in on it. Um, yeah. like I, like I'm welcome to this conversation and I'm sure that elsewhere it's, it's maybe easier for people who aren't Irish or don't live in Ireland to think intellectually about these things because you have the, the, the sort of the, the, the dopamine hit or the, the um the pride of learning about another country's history and you know becoming a bit of an insider through this music so i can understand the um the impulse to kind of look into it if you're not from here but if you are from here there's very little for us on this like we yeah it rains okay yeah terrible things happen but like what 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 are we saying that's new about about our experience yeah, but like, I mean, and yeah, i don't really find anything there for it i'm not saying again I, I i'm not saying that they have to write a, an irish album for irish people they don't have to write an irish album for non-irish people either but i find this a very unwelcoming sound and state to be in when you are making an album about being an Irish person abroad I, I I don't know what sense of Ireland it's it's very disjointed I don't really understand what the central kind of theme or idea about their relationship with Ireland is I've learned nothing about how they feel about it except that sometimes they miss it but but when they were here they didn't like it and you know fine but I don't know I just well, there's also feel like you deeply about any of that there, like I mean, that's. Mm, I like Roman Holiday. I don't want to see the Queen. I already sing her song. Uh, While there's nothing out hopes, they're blotting out songs. They claim to know the form which genius comes. There's a bit of ire attached to that song, which isn't maybe purely directed at Ireland as well. So, uh, oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And I mean, in in the, I mean, the 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 first song is um, arguably more concerned with England than it is with Ireland. But I think I think Roman Holiday musically adds a bit of pep to the record. Um, and again, while I can't say I was you know largely moved by it, I think it it was at least clearer in its intention. I I really like the line, um, "What calamities usher all our brilliance to the hills." Mm. That's it's just a it, it's a beautiful line. It's a really lovely lyric, and the guitars, dare I say, are borderline tuneful, uh, which we don't really get elsewhere on this record. Um, but this reminds me of like like early nineties, kind of late night MTV kind of era, hmm, kind of rock. Yeah, music, yeah, and there is a kind of a nostalgia um, yeah. to it, and I wonder how much of what people seem to be enjoying about this record um, and about Fontaine's in general is that maybe is it like, oh, now we finally have an Irish band who sound like a Manchester band from the past. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't know like what the, what I don't, I don't really understand what their, um, what influences they were drawing from on this record. It's well, very I can, disjointed. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of um, Manchester, Britpop kind of vibes on this album, like I mentioned, Whipping yeah. Boy as well. Obviously, a, a band from Ireland that never quite did the business abroad, but mm. um, were equally influential at home or very mm-hmm. influential at home. The world has changed beyond their doorstep. People talk and dress so strange. I don't know a neighbor's name and all of life is rearranged. Nice to know that you're still caring well enough to 
when you get to a song like The Couple Across the Way, I think that's where you kind of, the rest of the album for me kind of feels like it pales a bit because mm. I think this is the most individual song on it. It's the, it's accordion with Green Chadden playing the accordion. He got it for Christmas for her yeah. as a gift. It echoes the the Pogues musically. I didn't it's know that. Vin- That's quite cute. It's a vignette. It's a self-contained story of a couple who lives across the way, an older couple who live across the way from him, who he sees fighting. And one of the lines I like in it, it's nice to know you're still caring well enough to raise your voice. I think there is something here that isn't anywhere else. It's got some mournful stuff. It's very direct. Mm. Um, I think they can be really good at that stuff, as Dog mm. has shown. They're really good at just like encapsulating single stories when it when it works like this. And I think that's why when I listen to this, I'm like, well, this is what the album is kind of missing. You know, mm. I like you, you don't need to ditch the the characters and the stories completely when there's something that they might bring that bring you something insightful or uh, encapsulate their yeah. own little individual vignette. And I uh, agree. I, th- I think this is the only song on the record that has a true sense of place, um, mm. that has a true sense of kind of atmosphere or environment like i i love the the verse the world has changed beyond our doorstep people talk and dress so strange i don't know a neighbor's name and all of life is rearranged i think that 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 gets closer to um it's it, it's a kind of a, it's more of a generational displacement but it gets much closer to um to that idea of feeling displaced or left behind or othered or separate from from a community that you once you know, lived and, and, and thrived in. And I really like those lines. Um, I don't love, I, again, I find the accordion in it a bit too repetitive for me, but I think that this is probably the best lyrics on the album because it is a story and not just a metaphor or an analogy or simile. It's, you can tell there's actual, you know, there's, there's meat on the bones of these, of these lyrics, these, these characters feel realer than any other character on uh, on the record or they feel like it feels like we get us we're, we're getting a sense of something real that happens and I don't really get that elsewhere I think elsewhere it's it's a bit too abstract it's a bit too wrapped up in its own kind of sense um yeah uh, that's interesting. I think the this was apparently the couple across the way was uh, one of a number of songs they intended to uh, make as a part of a double album. One half was going to be the record that we've heard, and the other half is going to be Irish traditional um, inspired, um, which is interesting as well because you know that kind of does, like I said, it does echo the Pogues in general, but also like the Pogues are like a touchstone for this band, an influence for this band. And it kind of like folding back in on their influence of like, mm. oh, let's make something that's, you know, kind of sounds like something that the Pogues might do more directly. I know they've done that before, but like, and, and certainly, you know, a very interesting band to ape, but at the same time, um, yeah, it's just something I noticed, you know, it's like there's a band with Shane McGowan, an English born Irishman, you know, who took on Irish music and trad in, mm. in, in his way. And we're talking about a band doing the opposite here in a bit, the kind of referencing an English band who are Irish, you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, kind of, it's an interesting one. Um, I think overall for me, um, this album, I can't see myself going back to it. I don't expect that the band um, 
have to write an album that is inviting people to come back. I think it's brave in a way that they haven't done that. And um, because that they've written a worse album. Sorry? That they've written a worse album than their previous two. No, not I'm not talking about best, worst, or any other thing for that. What I mean is that mm. they've clearly haven't tried to recapture something that they had before or or mm. they've tried to do something different. And I think it's while it's maybe questionable in order to go deeper into a a darker atmosphere, it's it's definitely you can't say they haven't done something different from album one, two, and three. Um, yeah. in terms of their music for sure um, I think Chatton does show some elements here when he really really nails it it can be he can be a great lyric writer but I think you're right I think you are right there and that's a nice way of looking at it is you know you really don't get a sense of place a lot of the time or, or mm. what they're trying to say a lot of the time Um, there's a couple of songs here which are kind of referencing you know, maybe addiction or, you know, uh, drugs, yeah. maybe Skinty Fear and then track three, uh, How Cold Love Is as well. Don't really say an awful lot for me personally, but, you know. I don't um, like how, um, how Cold Love Is as, as a song about addiction. Um, that was one of the songs I had kind of the biggest problem with, um, I guess, because of that. What I, what I felt in the lyrics was quite a surface level um, engagement with that topic. I, it just, it just didn't, I don't know. They sit in their room, they all consume, they fall in their bed, they want to go dead. I don't, okay, like, what what are you telling me here? What am I learning? What What is it about this that has driven you to write a song about it except to be a, this sort of, objective um narrator who seems kind of so far away from the people mm. or i don't I know guess, i just didn't you know, i didn't learn i could imagine or... a a if this was to fall into the idea of irishness in england there's plenty of people in uh, in the history of uh, emigration into London who have lost themselves through drugs and drinking and, and moved to mm. London and never been heard or seen from again or have really fallen by the wayside and that's something that so anyone I think you know there is something interesting there that they don't quite get either they didn't grasp that yeah. aspect of it I agree um, and they don't have to but you know I'd be interested to see because I mean I guess I'm trying to avoid the feeling that anyone might think we're just begrudging this band. You know what I mean? Like that. We... Well, look, I mean, that, but that's like, we can't, I've thought about this a lot and we, we can't, you know, give, we can't give credit where we don't feel it's due just because we'd be, and I'm not saying that's what we're doing, but just, just because we'd be accused of being begrudgers. You know, this, this has been a polarizing band since the very beginning. They've been hyped up to the nth degree. And on the other side, genuinely disliked by a lot of people and that's just in Ireland you know they've been caught up in this conversation or they've kind of led or you know discussions around this band and their success have kind of led this conversation about you know Irish music and representation in the mainstream and this new wave of Irish post-punk bands that we were promised we're going to sweep the world after Fontaine's DC but that but never actually happened but then on the other side if if so like if if you like them, you're accused of buying into like Ireland Inc. 
Um, but if you didn't like them, you're begrudging their success. And that's obviously a much wider discussion, but we've been having this discussion as a nation since you two broke out. This isn't new. Like the idea that Irish people begrudge successful people. I also think it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Again, I will point to Pillow Queens. I'll point to CMAT. It, it has absolutely nothing to do with somebody becoming successful. And I think like much of the press has kind of lent into the former of these camps, you know, the best band in the world at the enemy thing. And it's like, I, I understand the, the reservation to, you know, give this a, a bad review. Um, because it'll be, you know, this eye rolling thing of, oh, well, she never liked that band or she said before that she doesn't like them. Yeah, I don't I don't largely like this band. I, they, they, they have a few songs that I think are good. But on the whole, I think that the hype is like is undeserved and not their fault either. It's just they're not a band that I find myself wanting to engage with or listen to on a day to day basis. Um, and that's as good a, a barometer as to whether whether or not you like a band as any. Um, but yeah, like it's the, I, I, I understand the reluctance, but also like uh, objectively, I find very little of interest mm. um, in, in this. And the things I do find interesting are kind of, they don't buoy me enough to, to, yeah. to enjoy them. You know, I would say this album, a lot of it sounds like the kind of classic rock albums that people are have lauded in the past and therefore maybe for a lot of um, listeners who want that kind of thing, it's, it's enough. It's enough to be mm. like, Oh, this sounds like Stone Rose or this sounds like Nirvana. Oh yeah. yeah. This sounds like something that was, you know, really well respected or like, well, you know, well reviewed. And, yeah. and that can be enough for some people, you know, and that's not what we're here yeah. to, to but say. But it's, but it's not enough to, to warrant five and four stars across Well, I want to get into a little bit of the review before we leave this, because I do think Mm. that's uh, something that one of the reasons why, you know, we talked about whether we would even discuss the Fontaines this time around, because, you know, it's fairly well established, like with us, what how you feel about them. And I'm not a massive fan, but I do like some of their stuff. Mm. Um, But the other thing I was just thinking there was like you talking about influence and like, yeah. I mean, Fontaine's would say to themselves, uh, girl, Gilliband and now formerly Girlband were... uh, probably are probably the most influential Irish band of the last 10 years if you listen to the new bands coming out at the moment there's so many bands that sound like uh Gilliband and I do have a problem with that myself because you know uh Dan Fox who's in the band is a producer as well and producing a lot of sound alikes as well sometimes but you know um that's an old separate issue and I think there is something to that but it will be interesting to see if if a band like Fontaine do get cited as influence and influence for newer bands who are coming up. Um, but yeah, just to mm. speak about the reviews um, because I found some of the, I just found them very interesting in a lot of ways. Cause it's, I just, I, you know, when that feeling when you're like, they are listening to something that I am not listening to, do you know, yeah. that kind of way? like stereo yeah. gum in its, it's, it's their review said, uh, this third LP merges that adventurous spirit and pervasive gloom with the catchy immediacy of Fontaine's debut. A combination that bodes well for the future. Where is the catchy immediacy here? There's that, very little that I don't it. understand at all. Yeah, I read yeah. that as well, and I I found that I genuinely found that baffling. Like there's there's no if if you like the sludgy drudgy rain clouds of it, that's that's good enough. But you know what's the point in making things up? 
there's no yeah, yeah. there's no immediacy there's no punch there's no brattiness that we got yeah. on 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 dog roll um and for some people that would point to um a band maturing uh i don't agree with that i think you can be bratty well into your eighth ninth or tenth record and i think that you should have an immediacy and you should have something to say at all points in your musical career and you should never feel like you're winding down which is what i think happens on this record um but yeah no that 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 doesn't make any sense to me and i fully agree that it's like we're listening to different albums yeah yeah and i felt that a number of times with the diy review uh for those who missed the rabble rousing of doggerel with like the darkness of a hero's death this record splits the perfect difference seeing along the middle with the super glue of a band who know exactly where they're going truth be told they've never been more at home don't feel that at all um, no i really don't feel that, that there's no if anything i mean there's there's nothing of the the kind of youthful exuberance of the drum beats in 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 the kind of garage rock of of dog roll within this I album have, at all. I've always said my favorite part of Fontaine's DC has been the, the drumming since the beginning. Um and that's lost on this record. It's it's I do think there's missing. great playing on this album as there well. There is there is but there was much better opportunity um for the drums to really really drive things home on the second record I thought. I thought yeah, Heroes Similarly, you know, you're getting some of that um the enemy review kind of um do, is doing a bit of projecting here. The fight for a better Ireland is our songs that mirror the depth of the crisis and its endlessly captivating glory, Skinty Fia rises triumphantly to the task. Okay. And a, just what for do balance, you think the there are a couple of think, things just sorry. I'll finish this up. Uh, just for balance, there are a couple of uh, points that I did like in a couple of the reviews. Um at the line of best fits review said it consistently feels like Fontaine's aren't giving up their full selves as if there's more hidden beneath what they offer that they're ripening through further experience. That, and that's, with every that's, that's new well chapter made, in the story. Point. Yeah. It feels yeah. like there's a universe being brought to life. Maybe for certainly I do feel that. Yeah. There, there's more to give and, uh, you know, I there do is too. some of that stuff. I do too, the, because I don't, I don't think that the, this is an untalented band. I've never, I've never thought that. I think this is a band capable of writing very good songs. But on this record, I, I mean, was there any song on this record that genuinely excited you? Um, the couple across the way, I think, is the best song on it, and uh, the other songs on it that I like, "I Love You," especially, and uh, "Jackie Down the Line." You, are really you too, Niall. But let's let's keep focus. <laughs> are really good examples of the kind of song that it is, and that is like a really good like indie rock alt indie rock song you know mm, i disagree Nothing surprising. In, in, in terms of my opinion like our, our opinions differ rather than i disagree um i i didn't find anything on this record as i've said that moved me that excited me that made me want to go and listen to it again does that mean it's a record of bad songs no um absolutely not is there a great song on this record i don't think so um and I think Dogrill um arguably had one and uh Hero's Death had one. Um and I I just I, there's there's there isn't a single song on this record that I want to kind of go back to or look into. The songs I prefer over the other songs, but beyond that, um I I just do you know like I feel like it's a bit of a shame and well, I, wa- I wasn't the biggest fan of Doggerel. I found something to like about the sort of audacity 
like I said, the kind of brattiness of it. Mm. On A Hero's Death, I found more to like still because there was a kind of a buoyancy and an energy that I liked and I could understand, even if it was kind of from a distance, not as a fan, but but as someone who was just kind of, you know, watching from a distance and saying, okay, this is an interesting kind of course that we're charting with this band. They're just, they're, they're, there's just no immediacy to this. Um, we're now two albums removed from, from Fontaine's DC being, you know, a Dublin band making music in Dublin, struggling to make music in Dublin. And I think they, they've ditched a lot of the influences that I think made them interesting in the beginning, you know, the, the fall girl band or Gilla band, excuse me. And I don't think that works in their favor. There's no immediacy while the band have kind of dismissed those like Yeatsian comparisons, they're, they're just kind of wrapped up in this lyrical obsolescence and abstractness that trails off into nothingness. And I never really thought that the lyrics were the strongest aspect of this band. Like for, for me, again, it's, it's always been the drums. But I think that feeling has kind of remained here. Like there's now more repetition and less musicality. And I'm not sure what the impulse was to kind of move towards this sludgy, drudgy, Dower was 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 a word you you used in in a text to me earlier, and I thought it was it was the perfect word for it. Um, and while I think that dourness was intentional, it doesn't make it enjoyable. It mm. doesn't it doesn't necessarily signal a band maturing. It just it just ends up being a, a an album that I don't enjoy listening to, you know. Yeah. And I think to like an album, you don't always have to enjoy it sometimes you can listen to an album and 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 it's a very difficult um experience but i don't i don't think that that's what's happening here either do you know mm. Mm. yeah i would agree with that uh overall i would say um it's very much yeah i'm not aware this is going i think if anything they're starting to sound more like other bands that um they're losing their edge a bit sorry no, not to use it like he that said word, it but, but you know it's like as in they are losing the buzz and the thing that made them singular by yeah. sounding if you're going to start sounding like the manic street preachers and stone roses and the um the first line in every uh new band's copybook 10 or 15 years ago then you know you've got to you got to find something else to to move yourself with and you've got to find mm. something else that you know and as well, they've they've like this is three albums in, um, just uh, over four years. I think they need a bit of a break too, as well. I think yeah. you know, I mean, they didn't take a break during the pandemic at all. So, mm. and I think they would need to soon, and maybe hopefully they have. And I think that's something that you know, experience and look, age will bring and all that kind of stuff. It is important. Like if they want to be around, if they want to get to album six and seven. They're going to need to take some time at some point soon. I'm yeah, sure even just even just for themselves. And I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of those albums that has, you know, gotten four and five stars across the board. That's kind of reappraised in, in, in a few years and, and looked at and thought and thought maybe actually, no, it's not as good as the first two records. And five stars is is completely, um you know, way off the mark um for this for this album. But I, yeah, I think I think a break would do them good in terms of just trying to drill down into what exactly this band wants to do, wants to sound like, if they still want to remain a, a very Irish band, what what avenues are they going to explore within that? And 
I, I, I can't help but feel that, you know, the, the tone of this record would have been a good, would have been a, would have been used well as a, as a middle section of a better album that still had that kind of punchiness and immediacy. I don't, I don't mind the, the, I drink every time I say drudgy, but like the, that, those sort of tones, those very, like the, the monotone kind of dread, sense of dread and sense of unease. I don't mind that at all. I think, I, I think they kind of play with it well, but over the course of an entire album, um, it's far too much. And if that was just the middle section or the final section or the opening section or whatever of another album that had more in terms of its musical dynamics, um, I think it could have worked really well. But unfortunately, they really they put all their eggs in this basket, um, with the exception maybe of Roman Holiday um, in terms of, you know, even things like tempo. It, do, it doesn't feel like it switches up very often. You don't really no, it feel like you've, it's very, like you've it's gotten very... to the end of a journey or or that you've taken different roads down down these ideas or or, or these paths. Um, it just it just sounds very singular but there's too many songs here um to to keep doing that you know yeah agreed yeah we needed mm. a bit more light and shade for sure i think so yeah musical. okay well i think we'll leave it there for now uh, for skinty fear from the fontaines dc i will make your secrets mine i will hate you i'll debase you i am jackie down the So Andrea, what else is going on? You're in Brighton. I was, in Brighton. Uh, I was going to gigs. What's been mm. happening? I went to see a West End show um, in London, in London's nice. glamorous West End uh, on last Friday. I went to see the Phantom of the Opera. It was very fun. Um, obviously, that musical is ridiculous, um, but the cast were all excellent and um, the production was great. Yeah, that was great. What else have I done or been doing or reading? Maybe um, I read an excellent book called Lessons in Chemistry by um, I'm just going to get the, her name, uh, Bonnie Garmus, um, which I just found. So um, it just oh, God, it just felt like a hug. It's about a woman who um, she's in the 1960s. She's a or late 50s, early 60s. She's a chemist and in, in America and all of the kind of the sexism and ridiculousness and people stealing her research and passing it off as their own that comes with that and then she ends up being this sort of um i guess like Martha Stewart sort of person uh who gets this cooking show on television and becomes famous uh, or or like a Julia Child sort of character um and it just follows her life through that and it's it's really great like it's it's a it's like a warm hug it's a brilliant brilliant novel i really enjoyed it um, yeah, I think. Oh, and I've been listening to the new Father John Misty album, which I um, am happy to say I love. Um, so that's fun as well. I'm almost surprised. 
I know, I know. Quite apprehensive about it originally. I was, I was really apprehensive. I think, I think the songs that he'd released at first, I was like, oh God, I don't know where this is going to go. It seems like Um, one that works best heard together. Absolutely, definitely. Because I think what I was nervous about was that there was going to be these kind of standalone songs that are all, you know, old Hollywood, 20th century, big strings. And then the rest of the album was a bit different, but he really, really leaned into that sound and that idea. Um, And it's, yeah, it's it's really really enjoyable record. It's so lush and and beautiful. And he's not playing in Dublin on his UK and Europe tour. So my friend uh, Sarah Marie, who I've seen Father John Misty with, how many times now? Twice in Dublin, once at All Together Now, once in uh, Hamburg, and once in Edinburgh. So I sent her the the list and was like, oh, he's not playing Dublin. And she responded like, oh, no, we'll have to go to Paris. <laughs> so we're planning that. <laughs> so Very that'll good. be really nice. Um, but yeah, I've been really enjoying the record. I think it's great. Lovely. And mm. did you read uh, this woman's work, uh, the book? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I read that. I read that a good while ago now. But oh, it's excellent. It's brilliant. Did you finish it or did you? No, I'm finished yet, but I've only read a couple. But more I, the I was just finishing uh Ronan Hessian's Penenka book uh, before I delve oh, further yeah. into any other books. You know, when it was like, I just need to finish this one before yeah. I start double reading. I sometimes read two books at once. So, sometimes. Uh, well, when I used to commute, I used to have my commute book. I'd have my before bed book. I'd have my bath book. Um, <laughs> How and many then baths have, do you have? <laughs> uh, in the wintertime, I like a bath. Not going to lie. Don't have um, a bath in this house, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I, I, I do. I like a bath. Yeah, I used to have kind of loads of different books for loads of different sort of times or moods or feelings uh, that I'm kind of reading at once. But I'm starting to become a bit more like finish one book and then start the next book sort of thing. So I I, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, I went to a couple of gigs last week, which was uh, great. Uh, Signaling the end of my own pandemic was uh, Mm -hmm. Dua Lipa's gig in the Three Arena. The lockdown album uh, was was performed live uh, in the Three Arena. A really good production. Oh, you've come uh, full circle, Niall. Yeah. That's so sweet. Oh, I love that. It was nice. It was nice. I I definitely was in the the minority in terms of um, gender. Um, mm. which is absolutely fine but it's just also interesting as well I there was a girl behind me who was maybe it was her first big pop gig or first big gig in a long time she was screaming just into the into the air like not looking at anything she was so excited she was just oh. screaming at the oh. top of her lungs it was insane Um, but a great show really enjoyable great big pop show lots of dancers production do you know what I think lighting has got so much better in the last even four or five years. Mm. Um, even when I went to see Sam Fender with my dad, I was noticing the lighting setups and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot more dy- dynamic movement going around with the with lighting and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I just really am en- enjoying. I'm enjoying going to the Three Rita and seeing big gigs. Mm. And I was also there on Sunday for a comedy show, which was uh, Alan Partridge's Stratagem show. Uh, yeah, so I went to see Alan Partridge as well on Sunday, a comedy show, uh, of course. And uh, that was also in the Three Arena. Um, it was okay. <laughs> so can it you tell me fine. what what is a Alan Partridge live show? What like is it is Steve Cooper well, had in ink? Is it is it Alan Partridge touring as Alan Partridge? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, he's it was still kind a character of, the, the whole setup time. was like so the show is called Stratagem and the whole thing is like 
Uh, Alan Partridge saw what what I thought it was going to be was Alan Partridge solves Britain's problems kind of thing. Um, sure. It was less that it was more like Alan Partridge has a has a a system for life called Stratagem, and he's going to show you what it's all about. And that was the ruse, but like, oh, I it like really that. Didn't it? Didn't really follow through narratively in any way. And he hmm. abandons it towards the end, and it's like, oh, that was strange. <laughs> okay. It doesn't really get there, I don't think at all. Mm. It doesn't really. Was it complete. funny? I mean, yeah, it's on part. So there is elements of a lot of funny. Uh, Martin Brennan showed up uh, as well. His uh, Irish alter ego um, on the Did screen. Did he sing a song? There's a lot of people talking. Him talking to the screens as well, which is a bit weird. Um, so I'm not sure. It just didn't quite land as much as I would have liked. But look, oh, it was an enjoyable night. All the same. Um, I big fan of Alan Partridge and yeah, it wasn't brilliant, but it was still nice to get out on a Sunday mm. and see something different. I don't go to comedy an awful lot, which is something I'm going to try and rect- uh, rectify uh, this year as well, uh, because now I can. Um, so hoping mm. to go to a bit more of that. I'll um, I'll go to some comedy w- with you now because I want to go to more comedy this year as well. Great. So I'll go with you. Right. Okay, I'll let you, you tell know. me where to go and when. <laughs> I mean, I know very little. <laughs> me uh, too. Okay, we need like, we need we need a pal who's into comedy. We'll like get, by contrast, um, I tried to get tickets to Joanne McNally because she's playing. Um, I know most of the mid week days in Vicar Street throughout the whole year. She's doing fifty dates. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, and I couldn't get tickets till September. <laughs> I know. Like, I was that was the closest. Like, yeah, I was like, wow, okay, yeah. I just wanted two. I've heard. I've heard her shows brilliant I yeah i want to see what she's like i want to see me too i want to see you know she seems funny i like i like her vibe and uh yeah i just want to go see some comedy like that so mm. that'd be something um any recommendations do let us know and if yeah, you have any thoughts on on uh what's going on and what we talked about here in the podcast it's podcast at 909.com we did get a nice email very recently of suggesting brilliant um, email. A, a topic which i haven't responded yeah. to yet sorry about that. but i think that um, that's a topic we will discuss in the future because i have a lot to yeah. say about it it's excellent email i love getting emails to the podcast at 909 or 9 podcast at gmail.com no that's it's it. podcast it? at 909.com stop oh, telling people the wrong one <laughs> sorry <laughs> podcast at yeah okay um yeah i love getting emails there and that was a great email so send us an email um uh yeah. unless you're gonna like give out because we're begrudging Font- fontaine's dc maybe just tweet that um and don't add us <laughs> yeah um subtweet us. um or you can also join us on patreon which is patreon.com forward slash nine or nine that's patreon.com forward slash nine or nine that's patreon.com forward slash Nile or nine, okay, where you could now. also join our Discord and have and join us in the direct kind of um, chat room sort of discussion about the Fontaines as well, um, yeah, and everything else. Among it's other been things, so, so nice this week just seeing people out at Mitski and and enjoying gigs. Taskmaster is back, so yeah, you, you know the TV engaged. group is hopping. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. It's good. it's. Good vibes in the in the Discord. I love the Discord. As ever. So yeah. Right. That's is that, a, is that Um what else? Uh, oh yeah, one last thing. Uh Severance, the TV show. I really enjoyed that a lot. That was oh yes. Head. Don't know if I mentioned last time out. Um got through the whole series of that. And I'm really enjoying Oh, two other things. Uh, Atlanta season three has been brilliant so far. I've been really Yeah, I didn't that. even know that sort of returned with very little fanfare, didn't it? Yeah, well, I guess I it's on. I didn't even know it was back until, you, until I saw you so saying it. Like, it's yeah. hard to get here, so you have to find a source for it, basically. Mm. But um, very good episodes are all about um, 
race and what it's like to be a black person in America in the context of different situations or not, maybe not even America, sometimes in Europe. Mm. Um, it's very smart on race and uh, it's it's very been very enjoyable as well. Cool. Um, some some great episodes, great anthology episodes and great um you know, stories about Earn and Paperboy and all that kind of stuff, um, mm. as the first two seasons have done. And then, um, what's the other thing I'm watching? Oh, uh, Better Call Saul is back for its final season. And I'm, yeah. I'm up to date on that. I've seen three episodes and I, um, I want to talk to somebody about what happened in, in the third episode. Okay, because <laughs> I I plan to catch up this week. Um, so I'll, I'll let you know when I do. I'm going over to, to my um, my old housemate's new house this evening to binge watch Selling Sunset. So very, <laughs> very rare because we watched it together during lockdown. And then I watched the last season that came out only like six months ago, less than six months ago. Um, I watched that on my own and it just wasn't the same. So we decided to watch watch this Aww. one together. So, yeah. Aww. Hi, Denise. I'm on my way. Um, so that's the plan for this evening. But um, so is that your reason yeah. to be cheerful? Oh no, my reason to be cheerful was um, Harry Styles and Lizzo at Coachella. <laughs> oh my God. Did you see them? No, I didn't actually. No, oh my God. No. He, sang, he sang What Makes You Beautiful, first of all, right? Singing the One Direction song. And they did, they, they, they duetted as well. And they're just, that like, you can just tell that they're both so mad about each other. Like they just adore each other. And their whole vibe on stage together is just, is really really lovely. Um, you can tell they're they're really good pals. And yeah, they just lifted me this week. I'd, I highly highly recommend going and watching some of the videos of the two of them. They're great. just oh, they're great. And I also, you know, the the, the impending stuff. return of Lizzo is um is enough to is enough to make me cheerful as well as Harry Styles' mm. new music, which I quite enjoy as well. So. Yeah, I did dip into some of the Coachella stuff on YouTube last weekend, but Jesus Christ, I found it hard going. Um, I don't know whether they just... Oh, that's the only thing I've seen, yeah. Some of the bad stuff to show, or like, mm. it's just like a lot of the stuff that's on that festival is like, no one would go to that here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just feel like it's a totally yeah. different, you really see the cultural divide between uh, the countries, but maybe it's just Coachella itself, because I've been to South West many times and seen loads of great bands, but it just... It's a very particularly pitched festival. Mm. I think I would absolutely fucking hate to be at Coachella myself. Oh, I've oh Does, my god, I've no desire to go. I was talking to a songwriter last week who was at who, uh, in Belfast who was actually at it, um, and he said that uh, people do actually camp at the fucking things. <laughs> I was mm. like, it's in the desert. What? The fuck? No, I think most people don't. It's but, so much stuff that I that I don't like, which is you know very hot weather, sand camping lots and lots of people and um the the fear of running into an actual celebrity like an a-list celebrity i'm like i don't need any of that in my life like i just i don't i don't need to be walking around a campsite and running into timothy chalamet like that would that would genuinely make me so stressed because he was there and there were people <laughs> taking videos of him and i was like i don't know what i do if i was just standing there and timothy chalamet walked past i'm like what am, what am i supposed to do in this moment like just just remain yeah. on my screen Sir, I would like to like you from afar. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't like that. Um, so I like you from afar. Yeah, well, right. On another episode, I'll I'll tell our listeners about um my encounter uh with Father John Misty at All Together Now before he was on stage or like earlier in the day while we were watching. I want to say Kojak. 
I'll, I'll tell that story a different time. Maybe it's just for the patrons. Um, <laughs> but yeah, okay. thanks everyone. Right. Come back next Great. week. Okay, back Love next you. week for our uh, best of the month uh, episode talking about the music that we loved. So yes, come back and say hello. Um, it is podcast at nylernine.com. Nylernine.com everywhere you get it uh, on the internet. And uh, yeah, come say hello in the Discord through the Patreon. Yeah. Um, thanks, Emil. Thanks, Andrea. Thanks, Niall. Bye. Bye. Oh, you're a champ. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.